I'm expecting something great to happen to you this week as a result of you tuning in and spending this time together. Okay, so listen, I know some of y'all watch me on Instagram and I'm so sorry about the fact that I haven't been able to give these podcasts to you on a set date. We laugh about it being like, oh, it's like God. It may not come when you want it, but it's going to be here right on time. But no, seriously, one of the things that I really wanted to do for the Nina show was to make sure I was very intentional about hearing from God and what he wanted to say. Um, I think that we're living in a very crazy time right now and I know that in this space the way that I communicate um it had to be what God wanted to say so I prayed about what he wanted me to say this week and this week we are talking about living with regret so I'll start first with the definition of regret by definition regret means to feel sad repentant or disappointed over something that has happened or been done, especially a loss or missed opportunity. It's a noun also. It says a feeling of sadness, repentance, or disappointment over something that has happened or been done. And so I don't know if you guys have know this, but I have been reading this book called Fervent. It's been by Priscilla Schreier, and it's so good, y'all. If you don't have it, it is so good. What it really does is it tells us about our enemy, which is the devil, and how he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and how over the course of years, his tactics have never changed. And he, she breaks down every one of the tactics that he has. And um, I was out and I was spending time with, you know, Mama Mel while I was home and my dad and we were talking. And one of the things that we were talking about was, you know, some of the regrets that they had had as they've lived their lives. And it reminded me of the chapter in the book that talks about your past. And I'll just read a little bit for you. Strategy five, your past, ending the reign of guilt, shame, and regret. If I were your enemy, I'd constantly remind you of your past mistakes and poor choices. I want to keep you burdened by shame and guilt in hopes that you'll feel incapacitated by your many failings and see no point in even trying again. I work to convince you that you've had your chance and blown it. That your God may be able to forgive some people for some things, but not you. Mm -mm, not for this. It's awful. And it's personal. A personal, unwelcome, unwarranted attack. Using your forgiven past to poke holes in your future. But that's exactly what the enemy does. He absolutely loves living in the past. In your past. In my past. And why not? Some of his best opportunities to sabotage our potential comes from there. He carefully archives footage from our history so he can pull from those files and remind us what our days of defeat, sin, and failure look like. You've seen them, same as I have, a million times. If your life is anything like mine, I'd imagine he's turned every room in the house into a screening room at one time or another, popping up one of his favorite old movies into the player for his amusement for our humiliating shame and embarrassment. It's a painful thing to watch, even in reruns, especially in reruns, because every time he cues it up again, it's with fresh intent of mocking and maligning us, making us feel as unforgiven and unforgivable as possible. And then even pointing the finger at all the other people who are more to blame, more at fault than we should ever consider ourselves to be. If he can't make us feel judged, he'll try turning us into judges. So, it's quite a show he puts on, and quite depressing. Mostly because 
as he loves reminding us, we're the ones who's given him so much material to work with. Under more constructive circumstances, we might actually be able to learn from it. See another option we could have taken to avoid what ultimately happened in order to not be so rash and gullible next time. We might be able to teach from it. Help steer others who might one day face the same set of choices, our children for example, toward an alternate ending that's likely to result in something more favorable for them. But in the hands of the enemy is always a horror film. Run from it. Hide from it. Keep living and reliving it over and over again with no resolution, just a persistent dread and heartache. Never out of range from his cackling, accusing reappearance. Always at risk of having to jump up and scare us just when we thought we and God had finally settled it for good. And that's how, instead of living with assurance, we become bombarded with shame. Instead of celebrating God's grace, we feel undercut by the continual guilt over the same old things. Instead of experiencing the ongoing residual blessings of being regenerated by his spirit, all things new, we're caught in the spin cycle of ceaseless regrets. But prayer, fervent, strategic prayer can change things even unchangeable things, even things as unchangeable as real life scenes from your past. What you did, what you didn't do, why you did it, why you didn't. No, prayer doesn't wipe them all away, doesn't pretend they never happened, and no, it doesn't remove every natural logical consequence for playing itself out. But just as God says to the oceans and the waves, thus far you shall come, but no further, that's Job 38 and 11, he has given us prayer to raise up above the sea level of Satan's assault from our past. My past, for example, includes some unfortunate travels on US Highway 59 North, a major thoroughfare that runs through the heart of Houston, Texas. I did my undergraduate work in that city and like a lot of college kids, I occasionally went down the wrong road when I should have stayed on the high road, which for me, all too personally, includes one particular exit off 59 North. That sort of symbolizes some of the most regrettable choices I've made in my life. That role led to nowhere healthy, nowhere beneficial, nowhere I should have been in the first place. Perhaps you can relate. Choose from your own roads. Many years later, long after college, events took me back to Houston for a summer speaking engagement. My host for the weekend picked me up from the airport. I climbed into the back seat and they presented to drive me toward the hotel where I'd be staying, a route that diverted us for several miles onto the old familiar 59 North. Being the kind, hospitable woman they were, they continued to chat merrily as we sped past the various reflective signs on the highway. I'm not sure they even noticed how gradually quiet I be was becoming in the back. But the mile marker numbers we were passing weren't just numbers to me. 57, 58. They were counting up to that one specific exit number that Satan was counting down in my mind. Here we go. With each condemning second, flashbacks flooded. Tears began forming. I was fighting an old foe inside and the spiritual battle was threatening to come spilling out all over again. And then 
There it was. The exit ramp. The one I'd taken far too many times. I couldn't breathe. My heart beat fast. My palms moistened with sweat. And then, almost like a short whoosh of wind, the sign was gone. We were past it. And at that precise moment, I sensed the voice of God speaking so clearly to me, saying, Priscilla, wipe your tears away. That road is behind you now. I have other roles in store for you in the future. Roles I've been preparing for you. Just as you passed this exit of shame, so you now are behind the pain that accompanied it. I make all things new. All things new. I turned clear around, looked out the rear windshield, and watched that sign fade into the distance. Suddenly, the lit of my new friends' voices bubbled back to the surface of this, my conscious hearing, and a fresh rejuvenated smile strengthened my trembling lower lip. I looked ahead, and for the first time in my life, I saw what Houston looked like beyond that exit 59 North, a stretch of road I'd never traveled before, and I saw a side of God's faith that, face and grace that I'd never experienced, ever, ever experienced. The past was in the past. It didn't have permission to touch me anymore. And just like on the freeway, I would soon be traveling to new places of freedom and fullness I'd never seen before. It was done. I was free. The enemy's bad girl accusations against us come with a statue of limitations. He can rant and threaten and how dare you all he wants to. But here's why you can plug your ears, ignore his accusations, and sing God's praise while you walk away with real pardon in your heart. First, God doesn't live in the past because God, your God, exists outside of time. To him, the past that so haunts and hamstrings you, the past that so ruffles and frustrates you is not the past at all. In prayer, you are alone with a God who sees you only as you are and have always been since that beautiful moment when you place faith in him, holy, righteous, and blameless, past, present, and future. He forgives your guilt, removes your shame, and declares his work and establish all the time fact. Prayer does, does a complete end run around Satan's pitiful accusations, ushering us into an eternal realm with God's where the past doesn't even commute. And second, we only live by grace anyway. All that stuff Satan tries hanging over our head, those forgiven failings of ours are no longer reasons for shame, but are now monuments to the totally amazing grace of God. I mean, just look at what he is able to forgive. Even this, even that, yes, devil, even that. Isn't God incredible? Yes, he is, honey. That he could forgive even that? The glory of God receives and will eternally receive from having saved our soul doesn't come from all the good things that we do for him. His glory comes from creating people of purity and spiritual passion who once did things like that. Like we've done. Like you've done. Like I've done. So talk it up, devil. <laughs> because as high as you choose to ratchet it up, you're only showing off the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, Ephesians 3 and 18, of the love of Christ 
extended towards me. Satan can be the accusing of the brethren all he wants to be. That's in Revelations 12 and 10. But he can't change what the cross has done to throw all his accusations out of court. Every last one of them, an undeniably divine technicality. Again, one of the qualities that makes the gospel so real and so great is that it doesn't allow eliminate our past, but so thoroughly deals with it. God forgives it. He changes it. He transforms all that mess into this huge mountain of grace that only takes us higher and closer to him. So now, instead of being a reason for endless shame, guilt, and regret, our past is a reason for endless worship and free-flowing testimony and for continual, grateful, heartfelt prayer. A call to prayer. I realize when I bring up the subject of the past, I have no real idea what populates that period of time for you. I hope you've seen as I've talked about the height and depth of God's love and grace, a phase that comes from Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, that I'm not minimizing what's back there, the extent of what you've done or what's been done to you. But the devil wants you to think that your past is worse than everybody else's, or he wants to suggest to you that given your religious background and what you profess to be in public, your past sins, though perhaps not that shocking, scandalous type, still disqualified you from parading around all Christian-like. <laughs> you know, because you've been a fraud all this time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Look, here's the truth. There's not one of us, not one, who can't stare back into our past and wish a hundred times we'd done a hundred things differently. And the reason it's only 100 today is probably just because our memory isn't what it used to be or maybe you've been smoking some weed. Not to mention, despite our best efforts, we keep feeding our enemy new clips of failure to choose from and compile. And as soon as they fade into the past, he fires up the projector and invites himself over for popcorn to make sure we're seeing how bad it is and how bad we are. Yes, we're all on a journey here. We're not perfect. That's why we're watching the Nina Show, okay? We all struggle. We can tell from the fatigue we feel and the stiffness in our spiritual joints that we haven't always taken good care of ourselves. But prayer wakes up with mercies from God that are new every morning. Every morning. That's Lamentations 3 and 23. Prayer is how we start to stretch and feel limber again, feel loose, ready to take on the world. And when we start applying prayer to particular muscle groups like our confidence in Christ and his victory over our past, our whole body and our whole being start to percolate with fresh energy. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. With the blood pumping results of applied faith. So as you begin crafting a a strategy for crushing Satan's backdoor assault on your daily freedom and joy, think back again to that helpful guide we've been using. One, praise. Thank God for completely forgiving you, cleansing you, changing you. Two, repentance. See the foolishness of anything that perpetuates old sin patterns and by his spirit walk away. Three, asking. Ask for freedom, for release, for the ability to deflect lies and embrace truth. And four, yes, because you, by his resurrection power, can walk in a new way of life. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's 2 Corinthians 5 
and the 17. Once you are dead because of your dis disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit of the work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passion, desires, and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead to sin, he gave us new life, and he raised us in Christ. And then she gives a, a few more scriptures that we can do. And she says, The past, for all its attempts at confining and condemning us, possesses limits that our enemy doesn't want us to know. Well, now we do. And so, here we go. We're moving on. And he can just sit back there in the dark and watch all those home movies of his all by himself. Because our real life in Christ is just a lot more exciting. Here's to freedom, yours and mine, in Jesus' name, amen. So I know that a lot of people, like, we live this life, we're like, I don't regret nothing. Every choice led me to the decision that I am and everything. Okay, all right. Can This is Nina show, because I cannot be honest. That's some BS. You know that sometimes that there is some regret in your life that you wish that you would, could go back and change something. And I think as we navigate it, just like it talks in the book, one of the things that the devil likes to do is attack it from our past. It's always remind us of our past mistakes, remind us of our past failures, remind us of why we're not deserving of the good things that we're believing God for. We're not deserving of the healing because we got ourselves into this mess. We're not deserving of the family because we don't help destroy somebody else's family. We're not deserving of the job because we blew it somewhere else. We've done so many things in our past. You're not deserving of being free now because you may have spent some time in prison. But those are your past. And as it said in the book, God makes all things new. And I think one of the biggest things that there is for me in navigating how to live with regret is to acknowledge it and give it over. There's this song that we used to sing in my grandmother's church where it says, I cast all of my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. If anybody asks me just what to do, I say that I cast all of my cares upon you. And I think that one of the strategies that the devil really tries to get towards us is to get us to feel like some of the things that we did are things that we have to own and carry with us. But no, you can choose today to take up your bed and walk. I was reading a scripture and it talked about when it's probably one of my favorite scriptures, but God was talking about um, how he healed the 10 people with leprosy. And there was 10 men who had leprosy and they had pressed their way to see Jesus and he healed the 10 of them. And only two came back to thank God. And he said, I heal all these people and only two came back to thank me. And I wonder sometimes why only two came back to thank God. And I think it's because Sometimes when we do things, we don't want to acknowledge that they happen because it's too painful. And so sometimes when we shun off like 
dang, I do see that I could have done that differently. I do think I could have shown up a little bit differently in this marriage. I do think that I could have shown up a little bit differently in this relationship that we don't have the capacity to be honest with ourselves. And so we never own it. But all of that does is not give us the capacity to be able to own things so that we can give things. If I don't own this, I can't give it over to God. If I don't own the fact that I feel some type of way, maybe it's regret. Maybe I wish I would have been able to go back into my past. Then there's no way that I can actually effectively give it over to God so that he can make those things new. And I think just like with the devil, he it's also one of his tactics as well to get us to live in denial about things. Now, I know yeah, I'm the only person who like to eat, you know, every once in a while I like to eat. Now I work out as, as people would say. And I do that uh, because I have to maintain my weight. Regret is something that we all kind of deal with from time to time if we're honest with ourselves. But the reality is, it's not our burden to carry. God forgives you no matter how many times you fall down, you can always get back up. And so I think what I wanted to come here and say is that if you find yourself living with regret, don't let the enemy have a tactic over you where every time you feel like you fall down that you can't get back up. That every time you get sad or every time something happens, you just replays that in your mind every other minute. He is the accuser of the brethren. He wakes up every, as soon as your eyes blink open, he wakes up and he tries to accuse you every single day. He tries to remind you of every one of your regrets. But when you say, I know I did that, but I'm redeemed. I know I may not have been perfect, but God. I have given that over to God and he has turned my beauty into ashes. He has healed me even though I didn't deserve it. He has redeemed me even though I was wrong. That's what makes the devil run. And so that is what I want to talk about living with regret. Is that you don't have to live with it. You can be free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I went to church on Sunday and they were singing one of my favorite songs. I don't know y'all, I used to be in the choir, okay? And so there was a song we used to sing, freedom, freedom. And I was just like, yes, freedom, freedom. But the devil does not want us to be free. He does not want that for us. And so a lot of times we find ourselves giving in to the devil because we do not understand that we are truly free. I know I'm sounding really pretty today. I promise y'all I sought the Lord, but I don't know what it is. The devil has really got me effed up. And I think that some of y'all he got effed up too. He has been trying to attack your mind. He has been trying to attack your body. He has been trying to attack your marriage. He has been trying to attack your family. But I want to let y'all know that I don't know, you know, I grew up in Atlanta or whatever, so I used to fight for fun. Okay, and so if somebody would run up on me in the streets, you know what would happen? I would knock that fool out. And the same goes for the devil. Devil, you got me and everybody under the sound of my voice messed up. 
And so we have declared war and we come in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I just wanted to come to you guys today and say that if you are living with regret, what you need to know is that you have to lay all of that down at the feet of Jesus and pick up freedom. And you need to get on your post. Whatever it may be, for me, it is in my prayer closet. And I let the devil know that he can't have nothing attached to me. You cannot have my husband. I don't know where he at, but you, devil, you got to unloose him. <laughs> you got to unhand my husband. You cannot, ain't no depression, ain't no anxiety, ain't no fear, ain't no worry, not for me and mine. You can't have my friendship. Either these folks gonna come in here and they gonna act up right or they got to go, okay? You cannot have anything attached to me. Some of y'all been struggling y'all finances for the last three years. 2023 almost took you out, but I declare and decree that you are free. You better get on your post. You better get on your knees. You better remind the devil who you are. You are God's most incomparable treasure. The one that he spoke worlds into existence with. I don't know about y'all, but I got a good daddy, okay? And so when I go home, I be like, you know, I be in the pool, you know, bopping around. I'm the pool and I just be having a time. And it's so much fun. And so when I'm in the pool, you know, sometimes I don't want to get out of the pool. So I got my daddy and I say, Joseph Henry. And he comes around. And he asks me, what is it that I can get for you, shorty? That's my earthly father who leaves whatever he has going on to come and see about me. How much more does your heavenly father care about the things that are concerning you? The things that you have let your mind and the devil run rapid thinking that because you regret something, because of your past, because of what happened yesterday, you beating yourself up. And God said, give it to me. Pass it to me. Some of y'all done threw up your hands and let the devil run rapid in your marriage. Run rapid in your finances. He has devoured every good thing that you have. And I say, you better tell that fool. You run up in this house, you're going to limp out. You don't get to have my finances. You don't get to have my husband. You don't get to have my wife. You don't get to have S-H-I-T that pertains to me. I might bleep that out, but I might not. Because you got to fight the devil like a Negro on the street. This is both. Y'all. Oh, my God. They're going to take me up off the YouTube, but I'm serious. I'm so serious, you guys. When everything happened, I think it was 2016, 2016, when the trials happened with my brother. We had two trials, you guys. Two trials. The first one, my Auntie Kim was still living, and she was in trial with us. And the second one, she had passed. And it was during that time that God really showed me what my spiritual gift was, which was intercession. And he would begin to tell me what to pray for. And I would begin to pray for the lights. I, I declare total confusion in the, in the enemy's camp and the lights would turn off. 
I will begin to pray for the for the uh, the people the judge and the jurors and the DA and then all of a sudden the DA back started hurting and the, and the judge his head started hurting and there will be uh Kevin there's all these dismissals because you know when they would play like the video or whatever oh uh, you couldn't hear it literally literally this is what happened in this courtroom what more can the voice of your tongue speak into existence? It is time for us to get on our post. If there is sickness in your body, I rebuke this sickness in the name of Jesus because God said, by his stripes, I am healed. You guys, we did not make these promises to ourselves. God did. He did not tell you to live with regret. He didn't tell you to live with fear. He didn't tell you to live with anxiety. No. He came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And that's it. That is it. And anything that comes in the way of what God has promised you is an intruder. And it has to be defeated. It is defeated if you take your authority. So I know this is supposed to be a podcast, but more than anything, it is a call to action. You guys, we are living in some crazy times. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't lose. I believe everything that God said I can have, I'm going to have. I'm going to have my health. I'm going to have my mind. I'm going to have my strength. I'm going, my finances are going to align with what he says. My marriage is going to align with what he says. And anything that comes up against that has been defeated in the name of Jesus. So I just wanted to say that. Usually we'll do a little ask Nina. But I think the real thing that I want to ask you is, what do you regret? And why do you feel like it is something that you have to live with? Why do you feel like it is without reconciliation? Why do you feel like what you've done in your past is so great that it can rob you of your future? Why do you feel like you're that big and that bad? No, you can't. You're redeemable. And so I want for you to let it go. I want you to know that you are forgiven. And I want for you to get on your post. I was talking to my auntie when I was home and she was telling me, um, she was talking about her two houses that she got. Now, two years ago, honey, she ain't have not one house. Zero. And we were all upset and we were just, you know, she was also sad about not having two houses or whatever. So we began to pray. And two years later, now she has two homes. God promised us double for our trouble. Okay? But you know what unlock, unlocks the double for your trouble? Is you declaring and believing and knowing what God says you can have. If there is sickness in your body, speak to it right now in the name of Jesus. It cannot be. It cannot be.
because God said you are healed. If your marriage is a mess, baby, you <laughs> you better fight him like a nigga on the street. You can't have my man. Let me get a man. I need a man. That's another thing. You know, I'm sick of society thinking that it can have our men. You cannot have my man. You cannot have him. I'm tired of society always thinking, putting these labels that all men cheat, that there are no men who are of high integrity, that relationships and marriages are not working. That don't line up with what God says. And so that may be true for everybody else, but find somebody else to play with devil because you ain't about to play in my face. My marriage is going to be a good one. My husband is going to be one of integrity and he is going to line up with your words because I'm not coming up off of what you said. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And so I know I'm in rare form right now. But hello to this Nina. Hello, she's made her debut to the Nina show. <laughs> she's here. <laughs> she's crazy. But she's powerful. And so are you. And so I want for everybody in the sound of my voice to unbend your back. Get on your posts. Fight for what is yours. Do not let yesterday or your past or that ugly behind devil. I really want to cuss right now. I don't know if y'all know that. But I can cuss that devil out because I don't like him. He has no power. But you do. Because you come in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And so since I gave y'all a word, you know I got to give you guys a word of prayer. So God, we just thank you, God, for this time together. We thank you, oh God, that all of your promises are yes and amen. We thank you, oh God, right now, God, that it says that by your stripes we are healed. So we speak to fear. We speak to worry. We speak to depression. We speak to anxiety. We speak to everything that is not like you. God, I thank you, oh God, right now, God, that mountains are being removed in the name of Jesus. Uh, that for everybody under the sound of my voice. God, I thank you, oh God, that marriages are being restored right now in the name of Jesus. For everybody under the sound of my voice, Father God. God, I thank you, God, that abundance, Father God, is happening, God, for everybody under the sound of my voice, Father God, that they shall be the lender and not the borrower, above only and never beneath, Father God. God, that you said that if any man be in Christ, Father God, and he thinks in his mind, Father God, and he does not doubt, Father God, that he can speak to a mountain and tell it to move, Father God. So I speak to the mountain of fear. I speak to the mountain of worry. I speak to the mountain of depression. I speak to the mountain of anxiety. I speak to the mountain, Father God, of debt. I speak to the mountain, God, of lack. I speak to the mountain, Father God, of God, loneliness. I speak to every mountain. I say you must move in the name of Jesus because, God, you came that we may have life and have it more abundantly, Father God. You watch over your word to perform it, oh God, in the name of Jesus. So I rebuke the devourer, Father God. Devil, unhand everything attached to us. Devil, you cannot have our health. Devil, you cannot have our children. Devil, you cannot have our marriage. Devil, you cannot have our heart. Devil, you cannot have our future. You cannot have anything attached to the people under the sound of my voice, Father God. And I thank you, oh God, that as we continue, God, to do your word, that you would bless everything attached to us and let people know that you are not just the God of the Bible days, but you are the God of today. If people need proof that you are still living and breathing, that they will be able to look at our lives 
and know that we set with you. God, if you've been looking for some people to bless, Father God, may you come here first. God, if you've been looking for some people, Father God, to show off on, God, may you show off here first. God, throw your weight around, God. Give us something good to talk about, Father God. In the name of Jesus, Father God, even in the times that we're living in, Father God, I thank you, oh God, that a thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near my dwelling place because you said it. In the name of Jesus. And because you're not a man that you should lie, then the son of man that you need to repent. Because you said that by your stripes we are healed. Because you said that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Because you said the number of our days you would fulfill. Because you said that being confident of this thing, that he who began a good work is faithful and just to complete it. Because you said, Father God, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that you will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out such blessings that we do not have room enough to receive. Father God, because you said, Father God, it were two or three gathered to touch anything that then you should be in the midst, Father God, because you said that the presence of the righteous availeth much. I thank you, oh God, that it is done. And we look forward to the praise reports of what happened as a reward and as a byproduct of this time together. Now, as we leave this place with never your presence, God, follow us. And as we have declared war on the devil, may you let him know who you are. May he be defeated in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, oh God, for the testimonies that will happen as a result of this time. Amen. 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 Well, thank you guys so much. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else I can say after that for tuning in to the Nina show. We're on a journey together. And I believe that all the tears that we have cried, that they weren't in vain. And y'all, I'ma just tell y'all something. The devil was trying to take me up out of here. But God saved me. And because God saved me, I am on assignment. And I'm not going to lose. I'm going to make him pay for the fact that he tried to touch anything attached to me. So whatever it is that you believe in God for in this moment, Know that it's done because I'm on my post and I need you to get on yours too. Bye! I'll talk to y'all later. Thank you for tuning in to the Nina.